Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pod's moving and storage studio, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create amazing relationships. I'm George Campbell, joined by Ken Coleman this hour. This is your show, America. We are here to help you take the right next step in your work life and your money life. The number to call is 888-825-5225. And hey, if you're a listener of this show, whether long time or you're just checking it out, if you like this show, this is a free show. And I want to ask you to do one thing that's also free that won't take much of your time, and that is to consider hitting the subscribe button, the follow button, leaving us a review wherever you're listening, and sharing the show with a friend. We like to joke that we have uh, almost no marketing budget for the show because you guys are the marketing budget. You telling people to listen to the show, to check it out, that's what actually works instead of some ad scrolling in your Instagram. And so we so appreciate all of you who have encouraged your friends to listen to this, to give them some hope and motivation across their life, whether it's work, money, or relationships. Let's get to the phones. James is up first in Springfield. James, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How you doing? Great. How can we help? Hey, so I just had a quick question. Um, I did feel super motivated, so I thought I'd call it in. Super glad I got through to you guys. Um, so my first big milestone on Baby Step 2 is complete. Uh, my wife got her VA disability rating and the back pay from February. So as an early birthday present, um, my birthday later in July, she helped me pay off the remaining balance on my motorcycle. So that was Woo. awesome. Wow. Um so, question, I have a mini HELOC for, I know, HELOC, I hate it, didn't want to do it, but I needed 16000 to get a new heater for my house in Alaska when we were still up there, um, and nobody else would give us that much money. So, I have that, is about a $12,000 balance right now with a variable APY that caps out at around 10%, and it's been capped out for a minute now. Um, and then my truck has about 12300 left on the loan. So, they fluctuate, one goes lower and then like two months later the other one's higher just because they're so close um in that kind of situation is it okay to go with the one with the flex or the uh variable apy versus the fixed just to get rid of it quicker what so you have two loans total uh there's a couple more but um one of them's a little bit less than that. Uh, it's right around the ten or nine thousand dollar mark, and that's our next one that we're focusing on. Okay, what kind um, of debt I'm is that? Estimating about four months. It's an embarrassment. Um, it hey, is no a shame. Traveler, uh, the traveler, um, the dumb things where you go to the seminar and you sign up. I can't even remember what it's called. Uh, a timeshare. <sighs> Yes, a traveler timeshare. Thank you. Okay. Um, it's one of those. I've tried to get out of it, but without getting deep into a hole and owing somebody that I don't even know a bunch of money, I was like, you know what? I'd rather just keep the points because I can at least use them for hotel stays when we go visit family because we're both from the West Coast, active military station here in Missouri right now. So Okay, so we're knocking we travel, out the traveler timeshare, and then you're like, hey, I've got the yep. HELOC and the truck. They're both about the same balance. One's variable, one's fixed. Should I just attack the fix first? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At that point, since they're okay, about the so same do. balance, I would attack the one with the variable uh, since that's that's the ankle biter stressing you out right now. But truthfully, it won't matter mm-hmm. much financially because you're attacking this thing so aggressively. How quickly will you be okay. completely debt-free? Um, so I'm set to PCS this year. Um, when I left Alaska and came to Missouri, I made a good chunk of change in the tune of about $10,000 of 
uh, hey, here's your money back for driving half your belongings across the country and through Canada. And so I'm expecting I'm going back to Alaska later this year. So I'm expecting around the same amount. And that should, in theory, knock out that traveler thing. And then my wife now with her VA rating, um, she's getting just over a thousand a month starting this month or next month. So that's going to knock out that HELOC in about 10 or 11 months plus probably sooner because we're going to throw more on top of it of course okay what's the truck worth mm, he's worth about 25 man i mean here's a scenario just throwing I've, it out I have there thought about it i've thought about it but i have a trailer that i have to get some of my belongings up to alaska myself with is there um, any other way to get to those belongings out there no, so our our um, could you rent a truck? Set, Would that be cheaper? Isn't really, a whole lot. Oh no, 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 no! I've looked into that as well. That's that's a pretty penny to get, like a U-Haul or something like that. Okay, I'm just saying, dude. I mean, if there's any way, that. if you could sell this truck and get rid of the truck loan, get rid of the HELOC in one fell swoop, dude, freedom is right there. Why wait a year or two? I'm I've, figuring out the belonging I've situation about at that it. point. I've get rid of the stuff. How much do you actually it. need? I don't know. I'm listening. I'm trying to be very polite over here. I'm sitting here, sitting here, sitting here, sitting here. I'm going, I got to say something. You just, you're burying the lead here that the truck is worth twice what you, you owe. You got to sell the truck and get a cheaper truck. Then you can drive the stuff. If that's if that's the only way to get your stuff to Alaska, you could still do it with a cheaper truck. Good. I know. As long as the truck can, you know, sustain an eight-year-old sitting in the back with the two dogs. I've heard that trucks can hold eight-year-olds and reliably. dogs, and you can get a pre-purchase inspection. Oh, they can. That they can. You get a, a ten-thousand-dollar truck. This truck's gone. You're trying to hold on to this truck. You got every excuse in the world as to why you need to hold on to this truck. And the truth is, you could sell it, and you can find a way to get those belongings to Alaska. I don't think you've thought of everything. Uh, I'll I'll revisit that idea just because, like I said, I've thought about it and I've looked at the market around here, um, up in the St. Louis area, which is worse. I just I need to find something in the area that would be reasonable for me to do that. So I'll look at it again. Though, How much do you um, owe on the truck? When I have time, twelve. Uh, yeah, and you you, you think you could get twenty five for it? Uh, according to KBB, it's Puts it right between 24 and 26, so I average it out at 25. Okay, then. The so, fact that you've looked that up tells me you've thought about it. Yeah, and you need to look at what oh, you can get for 100%. 15 to 17. What can you get for 15 to 17? Okay. That'll get you a whole lot of trucks. That'll get you to Alaska. I guarantee you an eight-year-old and a dog will be yeah. able to fit in those trucks. Dude, I look at used cars all the time. All the time. Uh, I'm, I'm just challenging you on this because George is right. I'm with George. There's a lot of vehicles that can tow a trailer. And so really look at what you really need and what will get you from A to B because it's really this one-time scenario. we got to get some belongings out from A to B. That's it. But I don't think that's worth being in debt for a year or two longer. So that's what I'm kind of weighing. Okay. And so you could do what you want, but uh, you know, you asked for our advice and we gave it to you straight. But man, if freedom is right around the corner and I've got to figure out how to get some stuff from A to B, I'm willing to take that and sacrifice and do Isn't what it there takes some to get there. some sort of train that must go up through Canada to Alaska? I don't know. I'm not well versed in, in train Neither routes. am I. I'm just asking. I would at least look into it. There's got to be something where I could throw my stuff on there. I'd go, hey, who's heading that way? And you got a trailer. I'll throw my stuff in there. I'll pay the guy a thousand bucks to haul it. That's Done. what I'm saying. I'm just saying. I get creative. I don't know. Put out a Facebook post. See what people say. There's got to be a train. 
We're out here just spouting some ideas. But we want to help you win with your work life, your money life. So give us a call, 888-825-5225. Keep us company, won't you? We'll be right back. I want to tell you a true story. I got a letter from Fran in Virginia once. She and her husband, Gary, were loaded down with debt. They decided to get serious and worked for over two years to pay off $65,000. They were able to buy their dream home. Gary had just started a new job and things were looking really good. Six months later, Gary unexpectedly died. Wow tears my heart out. Besides the grief and shock, Fran had no income, was on her own, and her social security benefits couldn't pay the mortgage. Talk about feeling lost and alone. The only good part of this story is that Gary had term life insurance through Xander, so Fran was able to deal with her grief without being overwhelmed with money issues. Sad story, but I share it with you to make a point. For over 25 years, I've been telling you about the importance of term life insurance and protecting your family. Having life insurance is what responsible people do for their families. It's why I tell you every day to go to Xander.com or call them at 800-356-4282. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. Our team has been doing some research on mental health in the workplace, and uh, it's not looking great, guys. Employees say in the last month they've felt stressed, burnt out, overwhelmed, and even angry at work. So if you're a business or HR leader, you may be seeing this firsthand. Your employees are distracted, they're exhausted, and maybe even ready to quit. So here's the deal, guys. Good leaders take their employees' well-being seriously because it's good for both your employees and your business when they're well and they can bring their full selves to work. And you can help them do that. This month is Employee Well-Being Month, and there's no better time to make your employees' mental health a priority. So our team over at Smart Dollar has put together a ton of free mental health resources for leaders like you who don't want to sit on the sidelines of their employees' well-being any longer. You can dig into the research, get information on how to deal with mental health in the workplace, and find tools to help your team get well so that they can focus on their work. You and your employees are worth being well as our friend Dr. John Deloney would say. So go to RamseySolutions.com slash employee well-being to check out those free resources. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com slash employee well-being, all one word. Good stuff. All right, I'm George Campbell, joined by Ken Coleman. We're getting to the phones now. Uh, the number to call is 888 Dorothy is in D.C. Hey, Dorothy. Hi, George and Ken. I'm calling in today because I'm working on baby steps four and six simultaneously, and I wanted to know whether or not I should buy a new car with the extended warranty for about $54,000. Whoa. Okay, this is a party. What what do you make, Dorothy? Um, I currently make um, <laughs> about uh, $70,000 or $80,000 a year. Why did you laugh? Because I wrote that information down, but I don't have it in front of me right now. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So what's the deal with this new car? Why do we need to get a $54,000 um, car? I um, during a car accident back in April. I got a settlement for it for about $8,000, and then I plan to put 10000 out. 10000 down on the new car, um, adding the tax refund that I'm expecting to get of about $2,000. So how much money do you have in the bank? I have about $77,000. 77000 Yes, sir. Whoa. What is that from? That is from me saving for my emergency fund. So if I take out the thirty six from the emergency fund and leaves 41000 the rest of the money is for me Airbnb and my primary home while I'm away on military orders. Okay. 
So you've got an Airbnb, you've got your emergency fund in there, and that's that's money that's set aside for those things. But for the car, you don't have money to buy this car right now. I don't have the full amount of money to buy the car, but I also didn't want to empty my bank account completely when I'm trying to build more um, with the new LLC I just started for real estate investment. Here's what I'm saying, Dorothy. You are so smart. In fact, you are too smart to go into car loan debt for a car that you can't afford that's over half your income. So I'm confused where this is coming from. You have no debt right now, right? No, I don't, but I didn't want to prevent myself from building um, additional wealth through the new business that I just started. But can I tell you that buying a car is the number one way to kill your wealth, to go into debt with interest on a depreciating asset. Okay. So the question is, how much money do we have? And then we go, all right, how much car can we get for that amount of money? That's how I would be looking at this thing. So the problem is when I was comparing new cars to used cars, um, they were just about not that much, not that false. much cheaper for one. And for that two, I need a reliable car in order to get back and forth to work. Okay. So let's look at the real numbers. So I thought I heard you say, tell me if I'm wrong, that you had uh, $8,000 from the uh, settlement and you, you had mm-hmm. 10 that you were going to put toward, did I hear 18,000 is how I got there? Is that what I heard? No, you heard eight plus two from the tax refund, so that is how I get to the 10. Oh, you have 10 to put towards. Okay, good. That's why I asked. Okay, so um, you think that you can't have a reliable car that you would purchase for $10,000. Is that fair? Yes. All right, so what is the number that makes it reliable in your mind? How much more I'm not than sure. <laughs> well, because you're not, I'm not looking. sure. When I was looking at other you're, you're Honda Accords to replace the one that was totaled, it was about thirty thousand dollars for what year? Um, for what year of a of a Honda Accord? Uh, 2019. Exactly. I'm sitting next to a Honda Accord specialist in George Campbell who drove. I drove a Civic for I many years. I apologize, a Civic, but a Honda Similar is a vehicle. Honda. But I, one of my dream cars, Dorothy, was a Honda Accord. All right, but my point is, is that if she's looking <laughs> at a 2010, 2011, 2012, yes. uh, all of a sudden, Dorothy, the price of those Hondas that will run forever if you take care of them and you have enough money to be able to take care of basic repairs. That's why we have that emergency fund. I'm, I just, you, you've got in your mind that the only thing that's reliable is thirty to $54,000, and that's just simply not the case. So imagine okay. then if I'm right, and you may not think I am, but imagine if I am. Now you have $0 in car payment versus whatever your car payment's going to be with that $54,000 car. It would potentially be six sixty a month. Okay. Ugh. At four point nine for 72 that's months. That's crazy. That hurts my heart to see Dorothy's income get sent to Honda Lender because she wanted a nice car. So here's the well, trick. It would be Volkswagen this time, but yes, I understand your point. <laughs> okay. But it's over $8,000 of a pay cut for you if you buy this car. Yes. Okay, then. That's what we're trying to plead with you on. We're not anti-people buying cars just for the sake of buying a car. It's that it doesn't make financial sense for you. And please do not get the extended warranty. Those are a giant ripoff, and the mathematics behind it shows that they are almost never worth it. And so if you want peace of mind, you have an emergency fund for that. And so if there is a repair, you're going to be able to cover it. And if you get a reliable vehicle like the Honda Accord, for example, and you get a pre-purchase inspection on it, you can find a very reasonable used Honda. And while Honda and Toyota, they're going to hold their value pretty well because they're great cars. Everyone knows that. And so you may pay, you know, ten grand for a... 
I don't know, a 2010 Accord. And you might go, all right, that's reasonable. I had an 09 Civic. I paid six grand for it. That thing will probably outlast me, if I'm going to be honest. I will. It'll so probably. The problem for me with buying a 2010 Honda Accord is that that literally was the car that I had, and it only had 129, uh, 129,000 miles on it, and now it's gone. <laughs> it's so, gone because it got totaled. Because of a car wreck. So the fifty-four thousand yes. dollar car has got the same chance of getting totaled as well. There's no difference. But I was the only owner of the car, so me doing the comparison of what the other people did or didn't do as far as maintenance keeps milling around in my head. Well, they have reports that show you exactly what maintenance was done, and if you get the right car from the right place, they're going to have all of that for you, and they'll show you exactly when the oil changes were done, when the brakes were replaced, and all of that stuff. And I'm telling you, with a pre-purchase inspection, it takes all the worry out. They're going to go look at the thing and go, hey, here's the issues, here's what it doesn't have, and here's what it would cost to fix up, or it's in great condition. Go buy the car, and that'll cost you 100 to 150 bucks to get that done at your local mechanic. Dorothy, we get calls all the time on the show from people who bought a car, same price, same range, and then something goes wrong in their world, their business or whatever, and all of a sudden they realize they're upside down in this car because your car is going to depreciate. And a year from now, you could be upside down in this car, and then you're really in trouble. Okay. You see the difference between paying cash for something versus you, you finance it, and then it is depreciating on you, and then you then you're stuck. You're not stuck right now. I hate that your car got totaled, but you got an $8,000 check for it. And you can put some cash on top of what you got, and you can get a reliable car. You're trying to make a business go. You're trying to go all in. The last thing an entrepreneur needs is a car payment. It's just going to be weighing you down as you get this LLC off the ground. And we want to see you win. That's it. I want Dorothy to be driving yeah. like no one else, but right now we got to drive like no one else. You know what I mean? Okay, so I guess my, my follow-up question and final idea is that I'm basically looking at the comparison of using other people's money or money or getting into debt for the business versus getting into debt for the car. And what I'm hearing you say is getting into the debt for the car isn't worth it because of the depreciation Getting into value. debt for anything isn't worth it. And if you're going to use it for the business, for sure not. I want you to run your business debt-free, and we show you how to do that in the book, Entree Leadership, and I'm going to send it to you to give you some hope on the business side. And on the car side, go to Auto Trader or True Cars and start looking and sort by your actual budget, which right now is $10,000, and get what you can afford right now, and you can always upgrade down the line, down the line until you're driving like no one else. So hang on the line, we'll send you Dave's best-selling book, Entree Leadership, to show you that it's possible to run a business completely debt-free. Thanks for the call. I'm George Campbell, joined by Ken Coleman this hour. This is The Ramsey Show. Now, Ken, there was some big news on Twitter, a viral thread, if you big will. Big news. Big news. I saw this. And it was all about the crash of Airbnb. Right. Not the company itself. The company itself is actually doing well. It's for all of the people that own the Airbnbs. Right. And would this be, would it be safe to say this uh, This is also a VRBO or Verbo or whatever they yes, call it? Yes, all of the short-term rental okay. sh- situations out there. So, this is uh, from Nick Jurley, who's CEO of ReVenture Consulting. He's apparently got the number one real estate channel on YouTube. That's according to his Twitter bio. Okay. Has not been verified. Okay. But he said, the Airbnb collapse is real. Revenues are down nearly 50% in cities like Phoenix and Austin. And he said, watch out for a wave of forced selling from Airbnb owners later this year in the areas hit hardest in the revenue collapse. Wow. Yeah. So This is wild stuff. If you're watching... 
our viewing audience can see there on the screen. Uh, he gives the top 10 cities. Uh, and look at that. We've got two uh, in uh, the uh, two in the top 10 in Tennessee. Sevierville, which is just outside of Pigeon Forge or right around Pigeon Forge, the Smoky Mountains area, uh, number one on the list. And then look at that, number eight, Nashville, Tennessee. So this is, uh, this is very relevant uh, across the country, but certainly in our state. And what has happened, George, is everybody started watching those TikToks, those Instagrams. All these real estate gurus get showed up. Get in there. Get the no money down. Start building wealth now, baby. Look at me on my private jet. Look at me. Do what I did. And now, uh-oh, we have more supply than demand. Yes. Basic economics that nobody ever talks about. On TikTok and Instagram. Yeah, there are way more Airbnbs available. So as the supply goes up, but there is actually decreasing demand for those. Yeah. And here's the other kicker. There's way more Airbnbs than there are actually homes for sale. So this could lead to a lot of forced selling. And for people that did the no down plan or did almost nothing down for these rental properties, without the revenue coming in, they could be screwed. Where they have to be a, a forced sale, foreclosures, they're going to default on these loans. And that could be a They're real scary down. situation. Yeah. Crazy, man. I, oh, my gosh. I, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, it's a what perfect is that? storm. Now, does this mean that uh, for those of us that want a vacation this year, we should be uh, looking for some good rates? I would hope so. I but would think also, that's the case. as Airbnb gets spooked, they may try to raise the rates so that the people that still are participating pay more and therefore offset those that aren't doing it, which that is always feels, a risky move. That feels really risky. I agree. But their revenue, uh, you know, per booking is up, which tells me they're raising their prices, and people that are still willing to pay, are okay. doing it. Okay, that was my so. question. So we are seeing in the numbers that revenue <sighs> is up. Yeah. Okay. Airbnb's revenue is up, so the company rates. itself, right, is doing great. But, but the, rates are up. The folks that are keeping their company alive, you know, the the mom and pops out there who went, hey, let's get an Airbnb. It'll be great. Little extra vacation revenue coming in would be awesome. This is going to be part of our retirement plan. And now they're going, we can't cover the mortgage. Because here's the kicker, Ken. Everyone goes, well, the Airbnb is going to cover the mortgage plus some. So this is a no-brainer. Why wouldn't I do this move? Well, you forgot to include risk. And <laughs> things like this happen. Yeah. And you go, oh, it wasn't just a money-making scheme. I forgot about that. And so this could be a real dangerous situation. And they're saying that uh, as the reality sets in, that gap could close in a way that decreases home prices. And Jurley believes that more seasoned Airbnb operators who got in before the pandemic might be able to hang on. But those newbie owners who paid more for their properties at higher interest rates, those folks could be in trouble because they've got thin margins that could leave, lead to that wave of forced selling. Yikes. So one more reminder, and this is our, our stance on investment properties, which are toys, by the way. Those are just luxury is don't do it unless you can pay cash for it. And if you're going, oh my gosh, that's insane. You know what's insane? Putting nothing down and then putting yourself in a financial situation where you have to force sell in the house because you can't afford the mortgage. Uh, and it's going to lead to a lot of people getting financially hurt that stepped into this thing the wrong way. The people with paid for Airbnbs, they're not that worried. It's an inconvenience instead of a crisis for those folks because they're in a much better financial position because they're not desperate to have that occupancy and revenue coming in. Yeah, this is, uh, boy, you play with fire, you get burned, and this is an example of this. This is going to be very interesting to see uh, what happens here because a lot of experts, I'm not trying to get off topic, it's actually not off topic, but a lot of experts are predicting that we're going to see a surge in home foreclosures as well. 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, because we've seen a lot of, you know, things be installed and now we're back into it. Well, so. and with, with student loan news, student loan people news. are going, oh, I guess I will have to factor in that student loan payment. And guess what? You can't bankrupt on your student loans. Mm. And yep. so what's going to happen is people go, I bought too much house during the pandemic while yeah. student loan pause was happening. And all of a sudden we have to have this extra expense of four, five, six hundred, seven hundred dollars in student loan payments. We can't afford it. Well, you can't get rid of the student loan payments. No. And so you may have to force sell your home or default on the mortgage and foreclosures could happen all across the nation. This is a bad situation. So please budget for it, make a plan, look at the numbers, and don't step into real estate because somebody on TikTok said, here's the plan, buy my course, do the nothing down, I can get you the right mortgage. The best plan is the 100% down plan where you pay cash for that toy and it becomes a blessing instead of a burden in your life. You know, do your research on some of those folks, by the way, just a little thing here. If they're making more money on their courses than they are on the actual strategies that they're selling you, you might want to walk away. Yep. Yep. And these people are also, I like to rag on them because they love to rag on us. They go, oh, that guy, Dave Ramsey, he doesn't know what he's talking about, man. This is really the secret wealth hacks that you need to know about. And I just block them. So there you go. Do you, George? That's one way to do it. Oh, absolutely. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm kind of done with the trolls. I'm getting to that age. Because you used to engage with the trolls and wallow in the comments. And I'm glad to see that you're... uh, I still do it occasionally. I know. Just to feel something. (laughs) Self-loathing? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do it. I I can't engage in it. It doesn't do anything good for me at all. That's fair. It's like a blood pressure. I need some mental health advice from Dr. John Deloney. Let's Uh. take a quick call here from Nick in Grand Rapids. Nick, welcome to the show. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, how you doing? Doing good. How are you guys? Great. So I got a question here. I uh, I bought my house uh, just over a year ago, um, and I before that I was renting with uh, a group of friends, and then um, our lease uh, was running out, so I didn't know where to go because rent was pretty expensive around here. So I ended up just looking for a house because of the uh, low mortgage rates and. Um, the house I currently live in is, um, I'd say it's pretty expensive to live in because of, uh, it's an older house and I, um, have a lot of upkeep with getting uh, a new, um, furnace and water heater and, uh, it has a pool as well that I have to upkeep. So, uh, I'm just curious to see if you think I should keep staying here and living here and, or just, uh, sell the house and try to either buy a new one next year or even just, uh, rent somewhere. What is your take-home pay? Um, about $3,200 a month. And what's the mortgage, including the uh, taxes, insurance, all that? 1600 Yeah, that's 50% of your take-home pay, and that's not even including yeah, all the maintenance and repairs. Yeah. How big is the house? Uh, 1,600 square feet. Could you get some, some more roommates? Uh, yes, I currently live with uh, two other roommates. Okay, and so your mortgage is sixteen hundred. What are they paying? Um, seven hundred. Okay, so you only have to put out two hundred bucks. That's correct. So what's killing you about this situation right now financially that you have to sell it? Um, I think that it's just the toll it's taken on more of my personal life um, and more of uh, doing. Uh, kind of house chores and, and maintenance on the house that I have to keep repairing things or have to, uh, like I said, the pool ends up taking up a couple hours a day after work. And so 
uh, I just I wasn't sure if I should just keep doing this or if I should get out and kind of rebuild my personal life again. I mean, if it's for your personal life, I'm, I'll hire a pool guy and go, how do we factor that into the budget? But I don't yeah, think I selling this thing is going to solve all your problems. Um, if it's a nuisance long-term, I would go ahead and sell it long-term just because you're not ready to be a homeowner if you're not willing to take all of that on. Uh, but the 200 bucks you're paying is not what's killing you. It's the time that you're putting into it. And uh, see if the roommates can chip in. Maybe you reduce their rent if they help you around doing some of these repairs. That could be an option. Tough situation, man. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. Our scripture of the day comes from Proverbs 12, 22. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. Thomas Jefferson said, Honesty is the first chapter in the book of wisdom. Love a good TJ quote. Man, I love these quotes in light of the uh, the student loan news today, Ken, where we found out these politicians have been lying to us for a long time now. Well, but we tried. Uh, I know that every time I was on this show that I had the opportunity, I said, do not count on this. This is an empty political promise that is not legal. And the Supreme Court upheld this decision today. Now, what stinks about that is there's a lot of people believe that. And for those of you that this is a, a real shot to the gut today, I'm sorry. Yeah, they got duped. Um, we are not happy that you didn't get this relief. We told you you weren't going to. But here's the good news. You are your own student debt relief. And we can walk this journey with you. We've done it for a lot of people, so you can do it. I did it. I paid off my student loans. Well, a lot of people put their lives on hold, and that upsets me because there's so much progress they could have been making. I agree. But instead, they were waiting with bated breath with a carrot dangling in front of them from politicians, and we know that never ends well. So I want you guys to know that we're here for you. We want to help you make a plan to pay off these student loans. You can call The Ramsey Show, check out our resources. We want to help you in that way, taking that next step. Well, as you guys enjoy, uh, you know, Independence Day and the holiday, you can also sign up for our free newsletter at RamseySolutions.com slash newsletter. And uh, this is a fun one. Are you going to have to start calling your baby steps teenage steps before you pay off debt? Speed up the journey with a side hustle. We've got 25 solid ways to make extra cash so you can get on your way to knocking out your goals. Maybe one of those goals is paying off student loan debt. That's what good. are you uh, doing for uh, the 4th, buddy? We are headed to the beach. Ah, yeah. very nice. Down on the Panhandle in Florida. The last trip to the beach before baby. That's true. I know. Yeah. That makes wow. very exciting. That kind of puts it into perspective. Are you going to grill out? I hope so. Do you eat hot dogs? You're clean. Yeah. Eater. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you'll you'll have a Frank? Yeah. I yeah. want a high quality Frank, if I'm going to be honest. Okay. If I'm going to be frank with you. <laughs> there it is, folks. There it is. I uh, I don't eat hot dogs. Is that a hard personal stance you take? No, or? no, I just, over the years, I've faded away from them. Not against them at all. Wouldn't guilt anybody at all. I'll be making some at my place. But uh, I go with the uh, smoked chicken wings. Oh. And uh, a, a good burger, you yeah. know? All right. Maybe some homemade pizzas on the Kamado Joe. I might skip the vacation and go to the Coleman's. There you go. You guys are living the dream. It's going to be fun. I love it. Well, have a safe and happy 4th, uh, yes. everyone. Happy 4th to everybody. And make sure to check out that newsletter, RamseySolutions.com slash newsletter let's go to leslie in san antonio leslie welcome to the show hi george hi ken uh i just had a quick question um my vehicle was totaled last month and Mm. i got a payout settlement for it and i don't want to spend the full amount and my husband would feel more comfortable going to like a dealership situation which is how we bought our previous vehicle 
And I'm potentially like open to finding something off Facebook marketplace or private party sale, but we don't have a lot of experience in that and feel a little hesitant. And I know Ken, you've mentioned that you've I do done a lot of research with that. I'm and your so resident I'm Facebook marketplace vehicle purchasing expert. Uh, that's well, who, good. yeah, I'm, I'm here for you. So how much money did you get for the settlement? Uh, we got $12,000, which and, is what we paid for the vehicle five years ago. Oh, well, that's great news. Uh, yeah. so you said you didn't want to use all of that. What are you thinking? What's the amount you want to spend? I would feel nine or 10 would be great. Great. Okay. So Facebook marketplace. All right. So a couple of quick tips and George, I'm sure you've got some as well. Sure. But, uh, I, I from my experience, um, you need to check out the rating uh, or the quality of the seller. If they've sold multiple things that have a good rating, that's a good sign, but that's not enough. Um, and then you check out the car. You communicate with them ahead of time. The more they communicate, the more open they are. That's a good sign. Let's go look at the car. And then after we've looked at it, I would ask them if they'd be willing uh, to let you take it to your mechanic. And, and, and that's my checklist. If any of those don't check out, I check out. There it is. Okay. It's that simple. Because look, you got to protect yourself. Um, but if you get a, your mechanic to check it out and they're willing to do that, that means they're not trying to take you for a ride. And uh, then you then you get your mechanic to tell you everything that's wrong with it. Tear it apart. And now you're dealing with reality and facts and you're nothing, nothing to be scared of at that point. Yeah, that's a good call. And I'll tell what you... What would you recommend? Oh, sorry. No, continue. Sorry, George. No, go ahead. Well, I am, I'm like, there's the sticker price. That's how much you're asking me to pay. I'm going to pay that. But I, how do I go about negotiating that when I'm very much like, you said it costs 10000 Okay, I guess that's what I'm paying. Oh, yeah. This is, oh, I should have given you this tip. This is so fun. So uh, do your research on the Kelly Blue Book. So match it up and see if they're in the high range, medium range, or low range. And then walk in there and just say, I'm a cash buyer. And so if they're asking ten. And let's say that it's on the high end. I absolutely am going to offer. And let's say that the medium range for that vehicle is eighty five hundred. I'm offering eight. That's just where I'm going. I'm, I'm going to go below the mid range on that and see if I can get them to come down. You know, we meet in the middle. But uh, you know, I, I've never bought a car cash, George, where I couldn't get the person down. You know, I don't make a ridiculous he offer. He drives a hard bargain. No, I just make a fair offer based on the range. But I say that. I go, look, the range is this. You're on the high side. I feel good offering you eight. And they sure. go, would you do 9,100? And you go, ah, I think the most I'd feel good about here is 8,400. You know, and then it's just this sure. little back and forth. And if the price is fair, you can just pay the price. Or, the, or you can do that too. If the price is fair, give them what they ask for. So it, it depends on your comfortability with confrontation to be honest with you because you don't have to be ugly about it but most people feel like negotiation is confrontation and it's not my wife will just be like i'm gonna go in the car while you do this it's very uncomfortable for me so <laughs> she does that i'm the negotiator guy you know, i playing hard fun. i but, smile the whole time i look them right in the eye never lose eye contact and if you get the feel like they're kind of scummy just leave and yeah, well, go, yeah. go somewhere else yeah. don't play that game there's a lot of reputable independent used car dealerships out there if you want to go that route it sounds like your husband is wanting to go to like the new dealership which they do sell used cars there and you can find a deal we we bought my wife's car from a mazda dealership and they had a great used car that was like seven or eight grand and so we went great we'll just do it and it was a very quick easy transaction the other option is of course private sellers like ken mentioned and the other one is these online car retailers 
Now, you're going to have a tough time finding something in that price range because the deal with those is, hey, no haggle. It's easy. We've already inspected it. We've got all the reports, but you kind of pay what you see on the website. That's correct. There is no negotiation. So it just depends on your comfortability, your budget, and start looking. Go to True Cars and Auto Trader and Facebook Marketplace and get a feel for what kind of car you're able to afford. Always get that pre-purchase inspection. It'll be about 150 bucks. And then lastly, on negotiating, agree on an out-the-door price. That means, hey, after all the fees and taxes, which, by the way, I'm not paying any fees beyond a real tiny dock fee. It's going to be the price of the car, the sales tax, and a small dock fee. Anything other than that, I'm going, I'm not paying it. If they want to throw on these warranties and that we oh. did the reconditioning fee, don't let them do that. No to you, need Leslie. to shout, George. All right. I'm just getting stay, upset on Leslie's behalf. Stay calm here. Uh, we have a great car buying guide as well, Leslie. Yes, I'll make sure do. the team sends it to That's you. That's good. And we will link it in the show notes. And it's a fantastic guide that goes through all of these steps because I know we're throwing a lot at you. By the way, if you're in Tennessee and you're listening to the show right now, my wife, Stacy Coleman, we just listed a car. We're selling uh, hey. selling one of our cars. Just, uh, you know, so just going to put that it. out there. Hey, you can say, well, Ken Lexus Coleman drove RX this car. Lexus RX 330, you know. That's a great car. Run forever. I think, I think we're looking more towards the minivan side. I so. know. I actually wasn't trying to sell you that car. I was just saying in Tennessee. You're but too far away. It would be some legendary radio if we were able to sell Ken's car <laughs> my over wife, the air. My wife would be so thrilled. I come home. Honey, she goes, how was your day? I sold the car That's on the amazing. air. No. Well, I love that Leslie's going, here's our budget. Here's what we can afford. I like and we're going to find mindset. something for nine or ten grand. And if we will, need to negotiate to do that. We're willing to do it. Now, I'm not going to say don't buy from a dealer, okay, or an independent dealer, but I will tell you my experience, I'd much rather buy from a real person. Mm. They're not marking it up, hey, that's and fair. I and I usually trust them a little bit more. I'm just going to throw that out there. That's fair. Well, hey, thank you to everyone that listens to the show, that subscribed, reviewed, shared with a friend. We were rated best podcast of the year, and we were the most requested on Alexa. Wow. That's pretty cool. My mom so is going to be you to so Amazon. proud. Amazon Music and Podcast. We got that data in. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Until next time, America, spend wisely, save intentionally, and give generously. Hey, it's George Camel. If you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey Baby Steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click on the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. That's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.